0: On About Books, we delve into the latest news about the publishing industry with interesting insider interviews with publishing industry experts. We'll also give you updates on current nonfiction authors and books, the latest book reviews, and we'll talk about the current nonfiction books featured on C SPAN's Book TV.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: And welcome to 2022 and the About Books podcast and program. In this first episode of the new year, we'll talk with Mitch Kaplan. He's the owner of the Books and Books bookstore chain in the Miami area, and we'll get an idea of how his business has fared over the past two years. But let's start with some publishing industry news. Over the holidays, three best-selling authors died. Joan Didion wrote 11 books, including Slouching Towards Bethlehem and The Year of Magical Thinking. She was known as a leading voice in the new journalism movement of the 1960s. And Pulitzer Prize-winning biologist Edward O. Wilson of Harvard spent his 70-year career studying insects, specifically ants. Among his numerous books was the 2013 Social Conquest of Earth and his 2020 biography Tales from the Ant World. And Bill Hooks focused a great majority of her writing on race and feminism. She released 30 books over 40 years, including her 1981 debut, Ain't I a Woman? Black Women and Feminism, and in 1997 released Wounds of Passion, A Writing Life. Well, all of these authors have appeared on BookTV's monthly interview program, In-Depth, and you can watch their appearances anytime by visiting booktv.org and searching their name using the search bar at the top of the page. Now in other news, the New York Times Book Review recognized its 125th anniversary by asking readers to vote on the best book published over that 125-year period. Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird was the winner out of 200,000 ballots cast. She was followed closely by J.R.R. Tolkien's The Fellowship of the Ring and George Orwell's 1984. And according to NPD Bookscan, print book sales were down 2% for the week ending December 18th. Adult nonfiction books, which is the focus of much of what we do on Book TV, fell 7%, but are still up over 4% for the entire year of 2021. Well, over the past two years during the pandemic, Book TV has checked in with bookstore owners throughout the country to see how they're faring. One of those bookstore owners we've talked to is Mitch Kaplan. His chain is Books and Books Bookstores in the Miami area. Mr. Kaplan, if you could, give us a recap of what the past two years have been like for you.
2: Oh, Peter, first of all, it's great to be back with you. Um, It's great to to be speaking with you. Uh, As just about everybody in this country, the last two years have been... You know, a, a time for um, a lot of um, creativity in terms of getting through it. Uh, we had to pivot in so many different ways as a business. We had to um, we had to find very we had to find more online sales. Uh, we had to go and kind of scrub our markets and find out where we could find corporate sales. We started doing fulfillment, actually, and and providing a service to other uh, literary organizations that were no longer meeting in person, but needed to ship books to people that they were serving online. So we did fulfillment. Um, Our marketing, it moved from our marketing online, moved from more institutional kinds of emails uh, into something that was much more sales based um and then of course the programming you know we're always very proud of you know we do over 3 to 400 events through books and books and uh, all of them typically were in person and 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 I had to learn and my whole team had to learn just what zoom and crowdcast just what they were i don't think we had ever heard of them prior to the pot, uh prior to the pandemic and so we actually moved on a dime and I'm very proud of everybody here at the store by being able to mount some amazing virtual events. Um, and it allowed for some things that we weren't able to do in person. We were able to put together people f- all across the country uh, in one virtual event. Uh, that was you know, just one thing. You know, I have a podcast myself which is uh, called The Literary Life. And what I would do is basically interview people who came through the store and since not as many people were coming through the store meaning authors and people in the literary uh community i was doing it by zoom and uh that was interesting as well um the miami book fair went hybrid we many of your listeners know uh because you you cover it so beautifully that we do the Miami Book Fair and we've done it through Miami-Dade College. Miami-Dade College mounts it and we've been involved with it from the beginning. And this, you know, we took a year off and this year we had a hybrid fair. So we had about a third of the amount of the authors that were there. And then we had uh, two two thirds of them were online doing a bunch of things uh, that way. I'm also involved with something called the Sun Valley Writers Conference, uh, and this year was very exciting because we were in that lull around January, that COVID lull, and we were able to mount the Sun Valley Writers Conference in Sun Valley. Um, it was done um, in person, and it was really exciting after a year and a half to have people gathering together again. Um, you know, so those are those are some of the those are some of the exhausting things that we had to put up with over these last two years, nothing, uh, along the lines of what so many others had to put up with. Uh, we had to make sure that our staff was healthy, that our customers had a healthy environment to come back to. So we always, and still do require everyone who walks in the store to be wearing masks. And we've been pretty vigilant about that. Um, We've had to, you know, support with this new uh, variant. Uh, people seem to be getting sick left and right. And we've been, you know, having to juggle, you know, staff and make sure that they're well and, you know, find temporary replacements who can be with them. Because we we want our staff to be able to go home, be safe, and not feel like they have to come in. So all of those things are you know, what all of us, if anyone in business has had to go, go through. And and those are some of the things that we at Books and Books have had to go through.
0: Well, Mitch Kaplan, how has foot traffic been in the last six months, especially during the holiday period? And with Zoom, have you been able to expand your your reach, your market almost worldwide?
2: Yeah, I, I think those go hand in hand. I, the good news, is that people are reading and people have come back to reading and people have come back to bookstores. So, you know, whether it's more online sales or people coming into the store, our numbers at our bookshops were uh, higher than they were pre-pandemic. And that's something that I think we're finding with lots of small businesses who have been able to survive this, that we're finding a very, very vibrant, um, reading uh, community out there that have been hungering to read. A lot of people have been working from home, which gives them a little bit more time to be able to read. Um, you know, so and, and people want to use books as they always have to find out what's going on in the world. And then also to use it as escape. So it's been really, really heartening to see um, how many people you know, are are actually back uh, with the book. And the other thing that's been very cool for me is over the last two weeks during the Christmas holiday uh, intense season, uh, I you know I've been working on the floor, and to watch and see the amount of younger people who are coming into bookstores, uh, it's really it's really very heartening that uh, this next generation is discovering the kind of analog world of books, just like they're discovering in many ways the analog world of music. So you'll see vinyl records are also uh, going up, as are watches and other kinds of things. As we move, It's that dichotomy. As we move into a more digital world, um, people are hungering for the past.
0: Yeah, it seems that uh, e-books have leveled off as far as it, the percentage that gets sold as opposed to physical book.
2: Yeah, that's been happening for a while. You know, the thing that has been on the ascendancy um, digitally are digital audiobooks. Those are those are really, really uh, developing. And I think that's because of people's lifestyles. Although they're not commuting to listen, whether they're exercising and listening, whether they're taking walks, you know, the digital audio book has really found its space in uh, in our world.
0: Mitch Kaplan, at one point during the pandemic, did you think you were going to have to shut one of the branches of Books and Books down?
2: Well, we actually did. So we, for 30 years, had a bookstore on Miami Beach, uh, right on Lincoln Road, the famous South Beach. And um, we would have stayed, but we couldn't work out an arrangement with our landlord. They still wanted these very very high pre-pandemic rates, but you know we couldn't be certain. Um, so that did happen, but but then we opened you know right before the pandemic another store, in uh, in in a place called Coconut Grove, which is a part of Miami, and that has started to really boom. You know because it's it's kind of a local a place where where locals come and can walk. And so that area has begun to rise. So that has picked up some of the slack from our store that we had to close. But all the stores, pretty much the other ones, remained intact.
0: Are you looking ahead to author in-person events again?
2: Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And, you know, before Omicron sort of started taking over, we were planning for many of them. And uh, over the last few weeks, uh, we're not doing any author events inside anywhere. But as you know, one of our main store in Carl Gables has a gorgeous courtyard that's outside. So uh, actually, a couple nights ago, we did an outside event uh, in person with an author. We limited it to about 30 people who could socially distance. And it was quite successful and quite moving. Uh, I'm looking forward to the time when we can present authors in uh, in person, so they can you know meet their meet their readers. Readers can be exposed to new authors. There's there's nothing like it.
0: Well, Mitch Kaplan, you did bring up the Miami Book Fair, and Mr. Kaplan is one of the founders of the what 30 year Miami Book Fair now. Um, 38. 38 years, uh, and Book TV has covered it for most of those years. You mentioned hybrid. We went hybrid with our coverage this year as well. We usually have a set down there and bring in authors and do call-ins. We just we just covered a couple of author events this year. What are the chances that it's going to be a full-on festival again?
2: Well a lot has to do with you know the virus, but we're very excited about 2020. Interestingly enough, this is also Books and Books' 40th anniversary. And I keep asking myself, how did this happen? <laughs> how did 40 years go by so, so very quickly? So there'd be nothing more that I would like than to be able to have an in-person Miami Book Fair as part of our 40th anniversary celebration. We're gonna be celebrating the anniversary all year long. In fact, highlighting uh, the different community groups and arts organizations that have meant so much to us. And of course, we'll be thanking our customers and uh, authors and all the, the, everyone from the literary community that has, uh, you know, without them, I don't think we would have made it 40 years. So I'm very very hopeful. I mean, but so much, you know, I, I mean, all of us, all of us in this, all of us in the world have come to understand that so much depends upon not a red wheelbarrow, but so much depends these days upon uh, what's happening with COVID.
0: Well, Mr. Kaplan is known nationwide for his work as a bookseller. He won the National Book Foundation's Literary and Award in the past. He's also been the president of the American Booksellers Association. I want to ask you about a couple of larger issues. The mergers happening with the publishers, how does that affect you as a bookseller?
2: Well, that's a... that's you know that's really really um a good question you know i'm not to be honest peter i'm not as concerned with all the mergers as i am with um with the consolidation and rise of amazon and what's happened uh and how they've been able to kind of suck the air out of so much um and what happens with um you know, with not only book selling, but publishing. I think the monopolization that they, uh, the monopoly that they pose uh, is, is, is more dangerous to me than anything that's happening with the consolidation of publishers, to be honest. I mean, publishers, part of the reason for that is that there's been a consolidation that's been going on for over 20 years. So that, that horse is kind of out of the barn And has been out of the barn for so very long but ironically and i think what's kind of cool when we think about what's happened over the last few years uh, most publishers and that includes small presses and independent presses as well as the big consolidated presses are finding that this year last year uh was probably one of their best years on record so that's a good thing um Now, you know, it's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Most people are, you know, wondering what's going to happen post-pandemic and post-COVID. And I, I think we'll have a clearer picture of the health of the industry, you know, when things get a little bit back to normal, I think.
0: One other issue I wanted to ask you if you had any thoughts about the unionization of the workforce at the Politics and Pros bookstore here in Washington.
2: Well, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so close to everyone in Politics and Pros, the owners as well as the staff, that, you know, I, I'm, I don't think I can really comment on it other than to really say that I'm sure that both owners and staff and everyone working there, they all want to do the right thing and that they will. And... Um, And I think there'll be an accommodation that'll be made all the way around to everyone's satisfaction and benefit.
0: Well, we never have Mitch Kaplan on book TV without talking about what he's reading and some of the books that have caught his attention. Mr. Kaplan, you sent us your list ahead of time. And one of the books on there is one that was published, I think, in the 1920s, Zora Neale Hurston, You Don't Know Us Negroes.
2: Actually, actually, it's published... It's been it, this is new work by her. Uh, Zora ne- Neale Hurston actually worked in those in those days, but this is new work that's been uncovered, and I and I believe anthologized for the very first time. And it's always exciting when there's a a new Zora Neale Hurston book, particularly since you know we claim her as a Floridian, <laughs> so many of us here do, uh, and this is one of the. 2022 nonfiction titles that i'm really looking forward to uh, the other the other titles you know i mean we're speaking on january 6th um there are and, and a lot of there's a lot of interest in the bookstore on on books that have been exploring just you know what that all means um and um you know there have been there's one that was just published called The Steel by Mark Bowden and Matthew Teague. But we also have um, uh, a really terrific book that I've been looking at called How Civil Wars Start, something that I think we should all be nervous about. Um, It's by Barbara Walter. She's a uh, leading political scientist. And she's kind of looks at the rise of violent extremism around the world and asks, you know, can that happen here? And what does it mean if it does? And how do we stop it? Um, Same thing with um, anti-Semitism and hate. Uh, Jonathan Greenblatt uh, has a book coming out and he's with the Anti-Defamation League. It's called It Could Happen Here Why America is Tipping from Hate to the Unthinkable and How We Can Stop It. Um, He covers similar territory as well. So those are some books that I think immediately uh, as I think of 2022 uh, are going to be in, of interest. But actually, there's some additional ones later in the year. And I'm sure, Peter, you'll be speaking to these guys. Uh, Patrick Raiden Keefe. Haven't you had him on the air, I believe?
0: Yes. Yes. In fact, I think we did a call in with him during the National Book Festival or yeah, well, uh, his... covered him during the National Book Festival. Yeah.
2: He's got a new book called Rogues, which sounds fascinating. True stories of grifters, killers, Rebels and Crooks. (laughs) And then I don't know about you, but I've always liked the work of Candace Millard, and she's got a book called River of the Gods uh, Genius, Courage, and Betrayal in the Search for the Source of the Nile. Wouldn't that be great if we could all go on that search right now? (laughs) It'd be great to be able to travel a little bit.
0: Now, one more, two more I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention that you also have uh, Congressman Jamie Raskins. Uh, book on your list, Unthinkable, about what's happened here in Washington. And then the other one is Carl Bernstein's Chasing History. Now, is Mr. Bernstein of, of Watergate fame, of course, is he somebody that you would try to get in store or at least on a Zoom author event?
2: Most definitely. We're trying right now. In fact, I think we're working out a date, and we're leaving it kind of in person until we can't have it in person. I'm also going to have Carl on on my podcast. And the book looks, I'm waiting for one to be coming out, to come to me soon. And it looks really, really great because he talks about, you know, the making of a journalist, the early days, Uh, you know, even, you know, sort of pre-Watergate days as well, which I'm looking forward to. I mean, as someone who thought one time in my life that maybe I would go that route, I've always been fascinated by you know, what makes someone do that. Um, they're, they're, you know, it's, uh, I, I expect really good things from that book. And in terms of Jamie Raskin, he's someone that I didn't know all that well, but, you know, I've read his story, the horrible, tragic story of his son, who seemed like a remarkable kid. And, um, and I found him to be extremely heroic through what happened over the last year. And um, I then have come to know people who he represents in, uh, in his district. And they all admire him so greatly that I look forward to reading that one as well.
0: The flagship store for Books and Books is in Coral Gables, Florida. Is that, that's part of Miami, isn't it, Mitch?
2: Yeah, people have a, a, a little Miami geography. What you think of Miami is really about 28 different cities. Different little municipalities. Miami-Dade County is the county, and Miami is just one of those little—not little, but one—it's the largest city. Then you have Miami Beach, you have Coral Gables, you have Hialeah, you have uh, Miami Springs, you have Doral, you have all of these other—you know—municipalities that make up what we think of as Miami. So it's very contiguous to one another. Often, many people don't know when they're going from one to the next. So we really think of ourselves as a South Florida store. You know, we, we draw people from all over. And the, and the good thing about our stores is that you can go to each one of them and feel like you're in a very different kind of store. They're all very different from one another as well.
0: Well, if you happen to make it to Coral Gables, go to the flagship store Books and Books and uh, ask for Mitch. He's often there. Mitch Kaplan, thank you as always for your time.
2: Peter, and I look forward to seeing you in person one of these days very, very soon.
0: Well, before we move on, let's look at some of the best-selling books according to Books and Books bookstores. Topping the list is Nicole Hannah-Jones' The 1619 Project. It's a look at American history, slavery, and its legacy in present-day America. That's followed by The Year of Dangerous Days. That's Nicholas Griffin's report on how the events of 1980 transform the city of Miami. After that is another book on Miami. It's written by the late author and journalist Joan Didion and first published in 1987. Then there's These Precious Days, a collection of essays by novelist Ann Patchett. And wrapping up our look at Books and Books' best-selling nonfiction books is The Dawn of Everything. This is archaeologist David Wengrow, anthropologist David Graeber's critical examination, of the development of human society. And this is the About Books podcast and program. It's a look at the latest publishing news and most recent non-fiction books. Well, last weekend, author and historian Alan Gelzo joined us on our monthly author call-in program, In-Depth. He discussed his many books and took viewer phone calls. Much of the conversation revolved around the Civil War and his most recent book about Robert E. Lee. Here's a portion of that program.
3: Armies are armies, and since the days of the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar, armies descend upon the areas they are invading, like like, like 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 locusts and they simply eat up take up steal that is that is what armies do when an army comes into your neighborhood all law is set aside and this is one of the horrors of war and i and i use the word horrors deliberately i'm the son of an army officer the father of another army officer and i want to tell you frankly I have in my my lifetime known many army officers and the army officers who are most dedicated, the most serious about their calling, are also the ones whom I can call the most sincere and dedicated pacifists because they are the ones who really understand what war costs.
0: And that was historian Alan Gelzo, who appeared on Book TV's in-depth program. And a reminder, That In-Depth is live the first Sunday of the month at noon. Next month, we'll be joined by Georgetown University law professor Cheryl Cashin, who, in her latest book, White Space, Black Hood, argues that U.S. housing policies have created an uneven residential caste system. She recently discussed her newest book during a virtual program hosted by the Harvard Bookstore. Here's a portion.
1: Well everybody should care about residential caste because actually it's only working for a very small fraction uh, for those who live in a metropolitan area only about seven percent of the population can buy their way into the, the, the highest opportunity places right and those places um, exclude they have exclusionary zoning they they, they they won't often won't even have apartments uh, let alone. Duplexes or quadplexes, right? Um, so they exclude uh, non-rich people, and what a lot of people don't realize is they're actually subsidized by everybody who's excluded. You know, they get golden infrastructure um, um, that's paid for through gas taxes, right? Um, they often get more than their fair share of, of revenues raised through income taxes. In terms of, you know, like what what the state decides to, to invest in for development, physical development, right? Um, and so the, this, this whole system is destroying opportunity for almost everyone. Um, whether you live in a city or a non-rich suburb, there are a lot of struggling suburbs out there now, or a rural area, America no longer a land of opportunity for you.
0: And that's Georgetown University Law Professor Cheryl Cashin talking about her latest book. Reminder, she will be live on Book TV on Sunday, February 6th, beginning at noon on In-Depth. And finally, this week on About Books, here are some books being published this week. In Righteous Troublemakers, the Reverend Al Sharpton profiles lesser-known civil rights activists and how they impacted the movement. Nationally syndicated radio Host Glenn Beck takes a critical look at the World Economic Forum and the global economy. His latest book is called The Great Reset. And in Chasing History, Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Carl Bernstein, best known for breaking the Watergate story, reflects on his life and journalism career. Also being published this week, political scientist Barbara Walter examines the increase in civil wars around the world and why some countries remain more stable than others. Her newest book is called How Civil Wars Start and How to Stop Them. And in The Lords of Easy Money, business reporter Christopher Leonard argues that over the last decade, the Federal Reserve has made decisions that have led to economic uncertainty and greater inequality. And that's this week's publishing news and a look at the latest nonfiction books. Thanks for joining us on About Books. About Books is a podcast that's available at C-SPAN's app, C-SPAN Now,